Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 231 of the podcast. It's the 24th of June, 2020, as I record this intro. And this week, my son Michael joins me to talk about growing up unschooling. We had a lot of fun diving into his varied interests and the threads that weave through them, his experience with type 1 diabetes, what he appreciates about growing up unschooling, and lots more. As a personal update, days are flowing pretty well. I'm really enjoying spending time in the Living Joyfully Network every day. Seeing glimpses of what other families are up to, answering questions, and having really interesting conversations. I've been enjoying exploring food and cooking more deeply the last couple of weeks. And the idea of rest, of taking time to just be, has been knocking me upside the head more often lately, so I know it's time to give those thoughts some attention. I'm curious to see how things play out over the next weeks and months. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it allows me to spend time creating episodes each week and to keep the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And this week on Patreon, I shared my monthly digital wallpaper. I have a lot of fun putting that together each month. And now let's dive into my conversation with Michael. Welcome. I'm Pam Lurkia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with my son, Michael. Hi. My little tiny intro. Uh, First is the apology that if you're watching this on video, you may find that we look look at each other and you end up seeing half our face. Sorry up front if that happens. (laughs) Um, But the one little thing I wanted to mention is... He went to junior kindergarten for maybe half the year. Um, So that was half days, uh, five days a week. And then I found homeschooling. You guys know that story. And when I asked him if he wanted to stay home, he said yes. And that was that so far anyway for your attending school career. (laughs) Anyway, I was hoping you could give a little bit of an introduction. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I'm Michael. I am your youngest son. (laughs) Uh, I'm about to be turning 23. And among many other things, I work primarily in the stunt industry of Toronto uh, for film and live performance. Um, I worked for two years, medieval times, uh, as a knight doing sword fighting and jousting and all this fun stuff. Um, And then I left to go work on films and I did some really, really fun stuff. Got to be a stormtrooper for uh, Lucas Films. I got to, <clears throat> I got shot off horses as samurais, <laughs> and then I just last uh, November I ended up stunt coordinating for Apple for one of their uh, iPhone 11 commercials, and that was just absolutely 
freaking bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, awesome, awesome. So let's dive a little bit into the unschooling piece. Mm -hmm. um, when you were growing up, I just thought it'd be cool to share what some of your interests were and how you pursued them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, throughout my childhood, my, my interests really, like, changed a lot and grew into a whole lot of different stuff. Um, I think up until I was probably, like, probably until I was around eight, it seemed it seems wrong to just pick out anything in particular because, like, at that time, uh, at that time, it felt like everything was so interesting. Yeah, it was yeah. just, like, you're just so enraptured by like just experience itself it's just like, <laughs> being a kid's ridiculous <laughs> um so I think it kind of makes more sense to talk about about things that I enjoyed specifically back then not things that I was 100% like honed into but just like things that were fun so things like things like playing Smash Brothers with Joe yeah. on the N64 back in the days <laughs> uh playing freeze tag and, and hide and seek on the playground with a bunch of just other kids uh, listening to music, especially the ones that, you know, Lissy would give to me. We would listen to that all the time. And, um, and I remember, I remember when I was really young, you used to read his books. Yeah. You used to, <laughs> I remember all, all of his kids sprawled out on the, uh, on the big king size bed and you would just like read us read us like Harry Potter and all these old kind of things. And I remember <laughs> actually talking to them now, like every single one of us has like really fond memories of that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And so those are the core memories that I usually get drawn into um, when I think about my early childhood. And it's really cool looking back and seeing how every one of them kind of evolved into a different facet of kind of who I am. <laughs> right. Right? Honestly, yeah, going forward two decades, <laughs> like it like it makes too much sense. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> okay, so and you were talking about that age eight, nine, that that kind of uh, that age right there, because that is where um your interest that was about the age your interest in karate started, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I thought maybe you could talk a bit about how that interest evolved over the years, because it's been really interesting to me anyway, to see how that kind of grew and changed. Mm -hmm. so I thought absolutely. I'd share that. No, absolutely. It was such a, that was my life for so many years. Yeah, man. Yeah, like yeah. probably, probably between, like you said, when I was nine, when I started and until I was like 19, like 10 straight years. I was just like the thing always, yeah, always right. going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I thinking all the way back to it. Like I, I always remember being like vaguely interested in it. Like yes. ever since I was a little kid, little, yeah. little, little, I was like intrigued by the whole idea. Um, and it wasn't until I until I made some friends at the old unschooling like shine conferences yeah, with, with yeah. Ann Oman and all that stuff. Uh, it wasn't until then that I got really obsessed with it uh, because I made uh, a nice group of friends there. Um, mainly it was it was Max and Eric, um, and they were both like always talking about martial arts and they took classes. And uh, after we were done playing tag, which was probably like six consecutive hours. <laughs> yeah. at that time, um, they'd start talking about this anime 
um, which was already pretty old even back then, uh, called Naruto, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is really, it's a world famous thing because underneath all the cliche anime bits, you know, it's, it's just a sad story about a little orphan boy who's just really inept at basically everything that he does. <laughs> and uh, yet he's still really, really determined to make something out of himself. And um, I'm just going through my notes here a little bit. And basically just through sheer force of will of his own, since that's the only thing he has, because he's a sad little orphan boy. <laughs> uh, uh, after a lot of struggling, of course, he eventually achieves greatness. And it's, you know, it's an anime uh, I should probably mention it's based in a world full of ninjas with supernatural powers <laughs> because, you know, it's an anime. What else would it be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, of course, takes him down the path of becoming a ninja and learning how to fight, more importantly, learning how to defend others. And as a kid, that whole idea kind of rattled me um, because I never felt like I never felt like I was one of those kids that like, we're born with like some inherent kind of talent or gift or drive or call or something like that. And the idea that determination kind of outpaces a talent or a gift in the long haul rather than a short sprint was like really fundamental to like person I kind of ended up being. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And in a way that really embodies what martial arts was to me, quite frankly, um, it's, it's, it's all about like, no one's, I mean, like, sure. People get a little bit of aptitude towards it. And like some people are kind of more naturals than others, but at the end of the day, you're only as good as the amount of practice. And if you don't, it's really evident that people that actually care about it as a thing rather than, rather than people that just kind of show up, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that interest expanded and divulged into so many other things like sports, like like parkour and gymnastics, or break dancing, or all of that. Trampoline, uh, trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> and since martial arts consists of two things, like the martial part, which I think is kind of obvious, and the arts part, um, it becomes the arts part becomes really personal, um, and it goes into topics like attitudes and morals, and it often gets really philosophical and was personally my introduction to the whole idea of, of, of Zen and mm-hmm. spirituality and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really, it becomes a lot more than itself. You know, it's kind of a more than the sum of its parts kind of thing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and, and that's such a cool piece, right? Because like you said, you explored so much of the physical side. Mm-hmm right? Through all the different sports that it kind of grew into. Um, and, and it grew into like the, the stunt stuff too, mm-hmm. right? When, oh, when you did a workshop mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. with somebody who was already working the stunts. Yeah. Um, I think, sorry, I think the, the main thing that really drove me into stunts was actually Aaron. There's oh, a, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, Aaron. yeah, there's a, <laughs> I, I've known this man since I was probably 11 or 12 is yeah. when I met him, but he went to the same dojo that I did. And he, he was just like the nicest guy, really, really strong, almost aggressive personality, but he was just really kind in everything yes. that he did. And um, he, uh, he was really into stunts. He was just getting into the stunt industry back then. 
And he had, funnily enough, just finished working in Medieval Times because that yeah, was yeah. why I'd never seen him before that point of the dojo <laughs> because he moved to Toronto and was doing all the Medieval Times stuff. And it wasn't until he quit that that he came back and I actually yeah. met him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's cool. But then the other aspect that you were talking about too, that the um, personal growth, the mm -hmm. spiritual aspect and stuff. And I got to wonder, it depends on the dojo, mm -hmm. what their no, focus absolutely. is too. But yeah, you dove into that alongside it. Um, and that was the other interesting piece you brought up was uh, it depends on how focused the person is. Mm -hmm. Like, because at the dojo, there were kids whose parents insisted they go. Absolutely. Versus the ones who were choosing to go there. Mm -hmm. And over time, it became quite apparent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not in a bad way at all, but that the kids just, yeah, they, they, they did what they had to do. And, and, and that was that. And you could tell that the energy was coming from the parent and not from the kid's interest. Right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's one of those things that it only, it only has as much meaning as you apply to it because like, obviously from my standpoint, because it means a lot to me, like, I think, I think martial arts, I think the word itself, like it's, it's built into the word. There's the martial and the arts. And yeah, I think the yeah. arts is fundamental to what the experience is. Yeah. And it's like, it's like going to a painting class. If you don't want to be a painter, it's like, Hey, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I used to have, I remember I'd have parents come up to me and, you know, thinking that somehow I instilled in you <laughs> that drive mm -hmm. to like, how do you get him to practice at home? And I'm like, I don't get him to practice. You know, I can't stop him. The broken lights show the boat. <laughs> you know, so that, but that was always a fun seed for me to plant, mm -hmm. to just smile and happily say, oh, I don't make him practice. He, you know, oh, he wants to go out there. So for them to just, you know, say, hey, that's, that's something different. So mm -hmm. I thought that was cool too. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um. Well, and I think we, we kind of hit on some of the next question in that conversation mm -hmm. because diving into a passion like that, mm -hmm. right, um, I think is a wonderful way to learn so much about ourselves. Like when it's a, a choice, something that we are interested in Absolutely. and we dive into it, Absolutely. I think we learn so much about who we are as a person, um, you know, our strengths, weaknesses, like all these little bits. Um, so I was hoping you want to expand on that a little bit. Like how Absolutely. you found that? <laughs> Absolutely. I would take that so far that honestly, I'd say it's one of the only ways to learn about yourself. Yeah. Being completely <laughs> there honest There comes five years that. of me talking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because, okay. Okay. Um, passion is, is, is perfect for self-discovery because it's like, it's like a part of you that was never intentionally put there. It's, Ooh. it's, you know, it's like you can, you can grow a passion or no, you can't grow a passion in the same way that you would grow a kidney, <laughs> but yet you never consciously made either. It wasn't a choice. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a passion is something that's, that's really evoked inside of you through a combination of yourself interacting with the world. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. so in that way, when you're exploring a passion, 
it's, it's not just discovering the pieces of who you are, but also discovering like how you fit into that outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> because like so much, cause we talk so much on the podcast about um, helping kids explore their interests and mm-hmm. that's for that purpose. Like often, you know, um, they, they may go to the dojo and they may go for a couple of months and find they don't like it mm-hmm. and they want to quit. And there is that aspect of, you know, parents not wanting their kid to give up on things early. Yeah, There's yeah. the, the, um, that, you know, I don't want them to be a quitter. You know, these are all, these are all completely understandable thoughts. Um, but it's one thing we try to help our kid, our, the parents work through for their kids because that's what they're doing. They're trying to explore the world to find the interest, the passion that, um, is so interesting to them that they will put in all the work. They mm-hmm. have that determination. Mm-hmm. They will, but you have to find the thing. It's not instilling that dedication in the child mm-hmm. for a thing. It's no, <laughs> keep exploring and find the thing. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, say even that. <laughs> now, and then there's some parents like, remember, like I remember those first few years thinking, Hey, you know, maybe Mikey's going to be a generalist as in have, so, you know, it may be a few things, but you'll find, and we'll talk about that, (laughs) the thread that goes through them. So it may be something that they can explore through a few different interests, but it's that passion, whatever that thread is, right? Okay, I got it. (laughs) Your turn. (laughs) I I was just going to say, that brought up a really good point to me, because like, I'm, a lot of my friends are like in college or just finishing up college or university and stuff. And like, I've talked to a few of them and quite a few of them are like changing majors because they've decided that they want to do other things. And I think it's really funny that we give like the older kids that luxury. But if you're a little kid, then no, you just have to stick with it. Like, come on, Billy. (laughs) Well, and the fact that they are older kids now and, and, don't quite know. Like there's never a wrong choice for me. You know, if you figure it out when you're 20, 20, 25, mm-hmm. 30, whatever the age is, you know, keep going, keep exploring. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, having give, been given the space to, to figure that out or to like mm-hmm. not go to college until you figure, they, there's just mm-hmm. so many interesting aspects no, to what is in there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Coolio. Okay. All right, that that was really fun. <laughs> now let's let's switch gears a little bit. Okay, and let's go to the the health aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you were eleven, you developed type one diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember for me too, when it comes to our kids' health, right? Especially something that you know can be potentially life threatening. Yeah, um, yeah. it's super tempting for parents to want to control things, right? Mm-hmm. Even more, even more, because you want to keep them safe. I remember working through that and thinking through that, and I did choose um, to continue with our unschooling approach to food. And I, I think having already been there, I think that was helpful during the process as Absolutely. well. Um, and to actively support all your choices. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when they would say, hey, there's a pump, do you want to use it? And you're like, no, I don't. You know, that was fine. And then, you know, switching back and forth and the way you want to um, uh, support your care. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. like that it is your care and I'm helping you. Yes. That was the diff rather than controlling it um, and telling you the way I think you should do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, now that didn't make for very interesting appointments. That's <laughs> we had a lot of fun, you know, with the doctor, especially the, the pediatric one and, and all that kind of stuff. And I will say they were all super supportive, right? They were all very supportive, even though they just did not understand our answers. Sometimes. Exactly. Like no. still, what do you mean you don't go to sleep until this time? What do you mean? You're <laughs> like all those pieces and the food pieces. Um, anyway, I just thought maybe you could speak to that a little bit, like mm -hmm. your experience um, from from friends and from people that we saw at the clinic and some parents we heard oh, about yeah. and the yeah. questions they would ask us. Like we ended up explaining our lifestyle a couple of times yeah. For, yeah. for like half an hour as they just kept asking us questions and asking <laughs> us questions. They were very interested. Anyway, so what are your thoughts around those different kind of approaches, um, especially when it comes to like health issues and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, that yeah, that takes me that takes me right back to in the those little armchairs, like explaining to all these people, just like constantly back and forth and back and forth. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to when it comes to the appointments, like I I don't I I personally never felt that like on the spot about it. And I, I think that's a really, yeah. really interesting distinction mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. because, because it's almost like it's really, ah, words, <laughs> words. <laughs> you know, that distinction is really important, especially I think for your audience because, yeah. because, you know, all the, the doctors, pediatricians the the whoever like they are looking at you the parent and judging you and they're not looking at the little 11 year old kid on the table sitting on the chair going yeah. like hey what are you doing so it becomes at that point it almost be, it feel you feel very vulnerable because you feel like you have to defend your own choices um and that's honestly one of the what i think is one of the biggest struggles with unschooling is because you're it's a struggle and a gift at the same time because people are always asking you questions nonstop because they just like, there's just the something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, hmm, I think it it should it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone really that I think that that support system is a lot healthier than a controlling grasping kind of do it my way kind of system but it's complicated especially when it comes to this scenario because <sighs> it's complicated for a lot of reasons because that kind of controlling environment can lead to a lot of bad places it can lead to resentment in the child it can and an, an unchecked resentment like that can turn into like can turn into acts of rebellion. And when you're working with a condition like that, acts of rebellion can be extremely dangerous. Like mm -hmm. I hear stories, especially like if you follow like the type one diabetes subreddit or whatever, there's stories of people just getting completely fed up with the disease and not treating it for months at a time. And that can have really, really bad consequences. And that really shows how important it is to think 
of even things like a physical ailment as very mentally based. Because if you don't take care of yourself mentally, then you'll never be able to mm-hmm. deal with such a complex mm-hmm. kind of system. Yeah. Um, hmm. And that feeling of out of control. Yeah. yeah. Right. When you don't have control, like for me, that was a big thing was that you felt like you were in control of your health. And mm-hmm. it, like from my perspective too, it was, you know, I didn't want you to have to try and figure out how to do it yourself mm-hmm. when I wasn't there. As in, you know, if I controlled you and told you what all the right answers were, mm-hmm. right, then then I expected you to just kind of remember and live those later like when you're out and about and you're working and all that kind of stuff then and not to mention I mean sometimes I think people can think with type 1 diabetes that it is that it's a math calculation Mm -hmm. how much like how much am I eating here's how much insulin Mm -hmm. take it and we're off but like you were talking mental health stress Mm -hmm. like how your body's feeling in the moment there are just so many aspects to um, taking care of it, right? Oh, to choosing uh, what your dose is going to be at any given moment, when to take some. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not something I can feel, right? Because I'm not in your body mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not feeling all those other pieces. If you feel a little tickle in your throat, you might be kind of getting sick. You know, you know how your body and your blood sugar reacts mm-hmm. to that and those kinds of hormones and all that kind of stuff. So it was important to me and valuable to me to um, give you that control, but to be there for conversations mm-hmm. anytime, right? Yes, yes, that's something I wanted to talk about. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, no, absolutely, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, right? Um, uh, and yeah, it's it really is like I think it's interesting you brought up the whole kind of like, hey, this is like a mathematical thing because it's true. Like you get formulas and you hone in on your correct ratios and all this stuff, but so much of it is feeling. Mm-hmm. And cause like, you're not going to know when to check your blood sugar to make those decisions if you don't feel it in the first yes. place. And like, I think, I really think the most important part is to have those open lines of communication with your, with your child, especially a child with an ailment like that. Um, and I think that, and everybody is different too. So the best thing I think someone could do is to actually like, Hey, talk with your child, not in a way that's like a commandment kind of voice, but like, Hey, uh, Hey, talk about, talk about the details, like talk about the the ratios and the understanding, especially if you have like a really small child, like I was 11 when I was diagnosed and I was relatively self-sufficient, but like if I was five at the time, you would have, you would have had to rein it in a tiny little bit, but still, but still like coming from that place of, of care and concern rather than like, Hey, yeah, yeah, no, like so much of it was because for years I would calculate the carbs for a meal. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, because, you know, what child, I mean, maybe some children are interested in that food aspect, right? Mm-hmm. But more, you just want to eat your food, yeah, right? But you knew how your body was feeling. So, you know, and we'd have the formulas. So I kind of, oh, you know, what you got there in your plate, that's this, because mm-hmm. like, I figured out this. 
so I would do a lot of it just out loud mm -hmm. at that point. To no, see. absolutely. Yeah, that's really good. Too. The other piece, you know, for those first few months anyway, sometimes you didn't feel like checking your blood sugar or your or taking needle, oh, and you would say, oh, mom, do it for me. And that's totally, totally fine because it's not, again, it's not like forcing them to take over. Mm -hmm. um, no, you, you have to learn to do this yourself. Like, okay, this is a lifetime thing. But I mean, for anything, those are all good clues as well. Um, and just help because it wasn't a choice for, to have the insulin, mm -hmm. right? But yeah. there was choice so much in who gave it, where it was going, yeah. you know, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I really think, I think that plays like directly into how we're talking about how it's kind of a mental it's just as much a mental thing because I honestly don't even remember that happening. Yeah, I, I didn't but, say you did. <laughs> <laughs> but like what that tells me just from me having asked that question, being like, Hey, can you do this for me? That tells me that I just must've been feeling like completely overwhelmed. I just Thanks. wish that I didn't have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's not like a, a commandment, like, Hey, you got to do this for me. It's like, yeah. a, it's more of a plead. It's like, yeah, I really want to do this and I think that's really 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 important um to have those like that was kind of non-verbal and implied but yeah. if you know if your relationship with your child uh is capable of having those actual honest conversations like that like that's incredibly valuable because one thing one thing that doesn't get talked about too much is it doesn't matter how old you are at the time. Like, even if you're, even if you're five years old, like after you're diagnosed, it's really, really common to have that sense of, you know, why me? There's mm -hmm. no reason in particular to contract something like that. And it really doesn't matter if the kid is five years old and doesn't know how to articulate yeah. it. I can guarantee you that. They're still, still feeling, feeling it. it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's cool. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, for us that that was that was the the big piece for for not wanting to control it. Um so I think that that was really cool the stuff that you shared be I hadn't thought of it at the mental aspect. I mean, in the back of my mind, yes, but I haven't, you know, verbalized it, but so much of it is that piece, right? And then it's just as you wanted to take over more of it and more of it, it was just there for you to do. Like, yeah, so no, eventually absolutely. I wasn't doing it. And because, and because you were vocal about it yeah. and you, you know, you, knew you, were you were taking over. Yeah. You were explaining <laughs> things as you did it in front of me. Like it was never a shock. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> true. True. Okay. All right. Let's get back to the interests now okay. and we're mm -hmm. going to jump ahead to, to kind of, current state the last few years when you've been working and stuff um you still have or do have quite a few interests so I picked out a few <laughs> so martial arts and parkour and music mm -hmm. and computer programming game programming philosophy spirituality now I'm saying them like I'm mm -hmm. seeing all those threads and I will ask you to add any that I miss, like I grabbed the really top level ones, but there's mm -hmm. lots. So I was thinking or hoping you could talk a little bit about like the threads that you see that connect them because they have all, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. they're all, they all still bubble up for you, right? No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so I'll start with some of the ones that you missed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's so many. I know, but, like, exactly. Uh, I think the, the biggest ones uh, were probably science and poetry. Like oh, science, yeah. science in general. Like you kind of touched space. on Space, I didn't yeah. even say space. Space. <laughs> space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> space is a really, really big one. It is. And I think that... It's like going straight from the lines. It's like you can almost just draw a little map. It's like, you know, martial arts led to the arts part, which led to philosophy, which led to questioning and just being inquisitive. And that really leads straight into science because it's like, hey, here's the actual concrete answers to things. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like philosophy just exists to attempt to answer the questions which science can't. And yeah. like... Science is kind of great at answering things. So it's like there's a lot of cool stuff there. Um, yeah, so it it answers, unlike philosophy, science answers things very concretely and very, very like, you know, very practically and really. And as a as a kid, like, you know, kids love to ask questions. There are kids that do nothing but ask questions over and over again. And so it's it's that fundamental fundamental part of you that's like hey why is the sky blue hey why do i grow taller why why is the earth round it's like hey i there's an actual answer to this. <laughs> i don't have to get esoteric or anything i can just tell you and i think i think for the parents out there i think being like containing some humility to do that because kids will answer or will ask a lot a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and it's really the only healthy thing to do if you can't think of like the correct answer off the top of your head be like hey we can figure that out yeah exactly (laughs) it's like hey you know we used to have to go onto the old like big computer monitors and like go through (laughs) bing or whatever but it's like you can whip out your phone you don't even have to type into Google and just go like, hey, Google, what <laughs> yep. is, oh, is that going to make my phone go off? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah, no, that's such an important piece too, because I think that's part of de-schooling for parents is that um, the accepting or understanding or embracing the fact that we don't need to have all the answers, mm-hmm. right? Because that's something growing up that a lot of us kind of um, took in was that, okay, we went to school, we learned the answers. And then as an adult, you need, you need to have that kind of authority, right? Mm -hmm. That I have the answer. I can tell you these things. And to be like, Hey, I don't know that. Like that got us in trouble at school. You know, when we were asked questions in school, you had to have the answer, (laughs) right? Um, so to be able to say, oh, I don't know that. Let's go find that out. Let's mm-hmm. go figure that out um, can can be a challenging thing for people to get used to. So that that is a really important point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. So I think that covers decently some of the science part. With poetry, yeah. I think it kind of goes – it goes back into – it goes way back actually, because I remember when I was, when I was a kid, like, you know, I was really shy. I was really quiet. I didn't speak out very much. And that was, you know, a lot of people would kind of look at that and be like, Hey, that's just the quiet kid, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, I, 
having grown up, I, I really recognized that the reason for that was just because it wasn't because I wasn't having all these thoughts or all these feelings. It was just, I had no idea how to articulate them. Mm-hmm. Or if I did, I couldn't find it in any speed, which was acceptable for a kind yes, of conversation. Because they're such surface conversations, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. They just like want a quick answer and you want to move on and move on. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And poetry is just incredibly interesting because it, it the choice of word is just absolutely everything. Yeah, and yeah. like having, having the right words can imply so much meaning in such a little space. It's like, you can have three words that are equivalent to like two paragraphs of someone that doesn't actually know what yeah. they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like reading poetry really helped me be able to articulate and to, yeah speak (laughs) that's very cool that's very cool that's one of my favorite things about words Mm -hmm. in that like for me when I'm writing the books it's I live in the the (laughs) store because they all mean the same but it's the feeling that you want to Mm -hmm. invoke Mm -hmm. to get across your point it's not it's not just about the word itself and the action it's about the feeling that you're evoking because reading is is the whole experience right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me anyway but yeah I have so much fun just picking exactly the right (laughs) word that I want (laughs) no that's it that's it because you're right the feeling is is the feeling communicates intention and intention is something that can be hard to communicate with just words alone that's why like we do things like video chats (laughs) because like Having yeah, vocal or sort of like like physical expression yeah. can give you the expression, but in text, like you have to find the right meaning, the right way, mm-hmm. the right cadence, the right feel. Yeah, because I mean, it is it is a harder communication mode when it's text only. Like mm-hmm. that's that's been a whole. <laughs> you know, social media came up from when you were you know when you were young. There was mm-hmm. no such thing as social media, yeah. but that has been something I think that people have been trying to learn is that. Oh, I say the things, but you don't know my motivation. You don't know mm-hmm. my my the context. Absolutely. That I've, and, and in yeah. common in common speech, that's why emoticons are so used. <laughs> I can use those to yeah, express intention. Yeah. No. And you know, on Facebook now, they got rid of just the like button, and they have the whole react thing with yeah. all the six faces. <laughs> so it's like, hey, this is what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's very cool. Very cool. <laughs> So did you have any more on on the threads? That was right. Yeah, I got carried away. <laughs> <laughs> Poetry and words. Oh Very cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So again, spirituality. Yeah. Like that just ties right into martial arts. Yeah. Because like, like I said, the whole martial arts like brought me so much. It brought me into into basically into the whole culture there. Because it is yeah. an entire culture and that Culture is very, very rich in specifically. I took karate, so it was very rich in Japanese culture, and so that took me into 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 Zen and Zen and like Taoism and like Upanishad, very like Eastern kind of thought modes. Yeah, yeah. and um, and on top of that, it's just like it communicates so much history as well. And it's like there's so much of everything, <laughs> and everything. <laughs> schooling right <laughs> I that's and I I wrote it years ago um before 
karate. So, you know, Joseph with video games and Lissy with Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And and then I can write the whole same thing is that I think a lot of parents worry that when a child is singularly interested in one thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, they're closing off the rest of the world. But truly a passion, I I think, the phrase I loved that I chose (laughs) word-wise is a window to the Mm. world, right? (laughs) Because you get, no matter what it is, you can get to so many different things, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. History, like you talked about, geography, as you, you know, figure out where it is, uh, you know, just all that spirituality piece, like the physical piece, all the different Mm -hmm. physical places you took it. Like it's a huge map of places that one interest took you. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, speaking of, Getting to the whole physical side of things, like I love physics, physics, yes, science, because it's like, hey, all these things that I do, why do we do it this way? Why, why do we turn our hips when we do a punch? Like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, it's all about combining motions and getting, you know, concentrating a certain amount of uh, energy. That's Mm -hmm. all it is: is taking energy and putting it in a certain part of your body and then moving it in a certain way. And then that gets really, really complicated when you go up into like acrobatics and doing flips and twists. You learn about, you know, off-axis rotations and and <laughs> so much stuff. I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, look at that. So all the physics of it, yes, you dive into that deep with your acrobatics stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then there's like the health. As in the body yeah. stuff, yeah. you know, injuries <laughs> and, and the muscles and, and tendons, like all that kind of stuff you've been figuring out along the way. To, like, yeah, it's a window to the whole world. <laughs> two, two or three of the people that I, you know, train martial arts with, they're like going full into physiotherapy now because mm-hmm. that was just the thing that called out to them from that learning experience. Yeah. They're like, yeah. hey. How how can you repair the body and what what happens when something goes wrong with it? What does it mean when you have an injury or a pain? You know, all that stuff. And <laughs> and yeah, it's like I think going back a little bit, um when when your child has like a big interest in like one specific thing, um, they're not going to have a big interest in one specific thing that is boring and worthless. <laughs> Like that is, it's just impossible. That is the opposite of what of an is interest. interest. So <laughs> it's like before you judge the thing that your child is obsessed with, maybe, I don't know, watch it or read it or like learn, learn about, about it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> if they're interested in it, it's not boring. It's got, it's got legs, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it may not be that that one particular thing has legs forever. It's that, Mm-hmm. Because they're interested in it and they want to dive into it. When you look back, you see those threads of where it can go. Maybe it's uh, a step to something else, mm-hmm. but you don't know these things in the moment and don't jump ahead on them and yeah. try to take it somewhere that you think is worthwhile. Yes. That's right. A good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> help them dive in as deep as they want and help bring all those pieces to them as they want to explore because and let them quit the things that they mm-hmm. that they move past they're like yeah no that's not interesting to me anymore because you are helping them hone in 
on how, like, ultimately, how they want to engage in the world, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right, are we ready to move on? Okay. Okay. Um, at this point, <laughs> what do you appreciate about living an unschooling lifestyle? Mm. Well, I really could, like, go on for a while about mainly about the freedom that I had to fully delve into my interests. Like, that's, that's, that's it. That's it. It's <laughs> that's like, yeah, no, it's find, yeah. find that yeah. thing that, that calls you and just like follow, follow it, it, snake around with it until you get to somewhere where you're like, dang, this is pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, yeah, like that's exactly what happened with all of us. You know, listen, yeah. dove into photography, Joe dove into like story and writing and yeah. I'm here too many things. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything everything snowballs. Mm-hmm. Wherever you start from, everything snowballs. And I think what's really cool is how like I'm still discovering more reasons that I think it was the right choice for us. Because like right now at my age, like I'm about to turn 23. And I think, as I was saying before, a lot of my friends are like just finishing college or just about to finish college. And personally, I think it's it's really interesting hearing about their experiences and listening to to them explain specifically like their their levels of ap- apprehension or fear about going into the real, real world. world. <laughs> Big old scary real world. I'm sorry, world. guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like, you know, like the 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 world of school, no matter how big or fancy of an education you, you get or go after, like to them, it still feels like child's play. Yeah. It's like, yeah. which is like, it's understandable, 100% understandable. It makes sense from their perspective. And and for them, like some of the professions they're going into are actually like really difficult fields. And and like, of course, there's going to be challenges, but that's, that's the point of it. That's the fun <laughs> part of it. It's like, they just don't recognize that it's the, it's the same thing. the whole challenge thing right and Mm -hmm. being afraid of challenges i think is something that um we kind of take in because of school so much um because mistakes are penalized so much Mm -hmm. that hard things take us longer to finish because with school, it's all about finishing the thing, yeah, finishing yes. the paper, <laughs> passing the course, you know. Challenges aren't exciting things to conquer on our own timetable, <laughs> right? And, you know, for us, like, mistakes are just more information. They're not something wrong that we have to fix, mm-hmm. right? So it is interesting when you think about how they see challenges and mm-hmm. how they're fearful of coming across challenges versus like you said, like that's the fun part. Yeah. You don't know this yet. <laughs> <laughs> it may take them a while to figure it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, no, it, that's the thing. It's the, it's the exact same thing, but for them, it's like, it's like they have to make that mental swap, which is like, doing it for a number or a grade yeah. versus like the fact that they're, once they, you know, get their job and move on to their full on profession, it's like, you're doing the same thing. It's just like for the respect of your coworkers and your mm-hmm. employer. It's like that whole system is, is it's built, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's built into be the way that it is. Yeah, yeah. 
it is designed that way. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but it's like they, it's just like there's fear that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. It really doesn't have to be there. Yeah. yeah. No, no, exactly. That's beautiful. That's, and that's right. It's, it is interesting when, you know, and then we go back and we talk systems and yeah, we should probably not go there, but, <laughs> you know, when you look at the, the systems as they are and how school becomes corporate yeah. kind of work, you know, and you still have the boss judging you versus mm-hmm. the teacher judging you and the performance reviews versus mm-hmm. this, but you, you can still like, so an unschooled kid, young adult going into a job like that can be, can, um, succeed can you know uh really enjoy it embrace Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. because like what we were talking about there instead of all those external rewards and the external judgment when you're free to make a choice about what you want to pursue when you realize oh this is something i want to do this is a job i want to do Mm -hmm. you can bring that intrinsic motivation to you and when you don't feel so judged like when your boss makes a comment you're just learning more about what the job needs from you yeah right it doesn't have to be um that whole kind of negative um place like you're saying they they need to learn it's that mind flip Mm -hmm. to realize how much control you really do have in every single situation how much choice you really mm-hmm. have like you can quit that job <laughs> you know you have a choice in how you show up um what you, you can embrace your own internal motivations and all that kind of stuff so anyway i got off on a tangent there because <laughs> no, okay. i didn't want people to you know worry oh unschooling kids well they can't fit into this adult system adult world if I'm they don't wrong. you know train for it for 12 years in school or, or something like <laughs> that right <laughs> uh-huh. And like, I, I want to chime in there for a second. Um, I'm not going to say my experience is 100% relatable to absolutely everyone. Because yeah. like I said, like my my first job that I went for was uh, Medieval Times. Because I wanted to go perform and do the whole Medieval Times cool yeah, fun yeah. stuff. But um, like I'd never had a job interview before, like at all. And like I went in there, I was trying to, you know, a little nervous, trying to keep calm. But it's like I went in there. And I don't know, I just kind of was myself and I brought the energy and the passion that I had to the table. And like, there were certain questions that, you know, I were kind of off to me because I was like, this doesn't really have to do with the job (laughs) to do with like, you know, other things. Yeah, Yeah. But like, at the end of the day, I thought, I thought the interview was okay. I didn't think it was crazy good. I didn't think it was crazy bad, but like it was the first interview I ever had. And then they called me up and they're like, yeah, come, come <laughs> work. So it's like so much, so much of everything is your passion because, because like for corporate jobs and, or honestly, I should just say any job that someone doesn't feel drawn to, mm-hmm. they're not going to put in any extra effort than they have to. Meanwhile, yeah. if you're doing something that you care about, it's it's completely effortless to go that extra mile and to do the what you consider to be the right thing and to critique the parts of the system that you see which is actually counterproductive to the end goal meanwhile you know someone that's grown up in systems in school that 
you know, we admit there are problems in those kinds of systems and you learn to deal with it. You're trained to just deal with it and kind of nod along and be like, okay, I'll jump through your hoops. I'll do whatever you need me to. And like, obviously there are points where you just kind of have to do that. Yeah. yeah. But there's so many times when you can just be vocal. Yeah. You can still Mm -hmm. choose to jump through the hoops because I want what I'm getting Mm -hmm. on the other side of the hoop. (laughs) And I wanted to bring like what you were talking about there calls back to the dojo, mm-hmm. right? To you practicing and doing it so often because it was something that you were interested in mm-hmm. and passionate about. And I know you won't, you know, mention it, but I know at work you, you know, you brought that energy and that enthusiasm and that practice, mm-hmm. right? I think of work as practice, That's really. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, you were very well liked and respected yeah. there. <laughs> they loved me there. <laughs> they did. You know, they, you were welcome when you left. You're like, if you want to come back, like no problem. We would love yeah. So I mean just just to let people know. Yes. No, that's a that's a whole other story. Because yeah. actually at medieval times like there's a no rehire policy. You are not supposed to rehire someone after they quit. Because like I don't know, it's yeah, stupid yeah. political. But yeah. I specifically got that nudge nudge. Like, hey, <laughs> please come back. <laughs> All right. So our last question. As a grown unschooler, what piece of advice would you like to share with unschooling parents who are just starting out on this journey? So this is kind of new to them. Mm, good question. <laughs> I would say I'm going to take this back to like kind of being a bit of a shy kid. But I would say when you talk to your child, just pay attention to how they communicate. Pay attention to how they communicate because I like to think I'm pretty articulate now. (laughs) Um, But like I said, when I was small, I just could not find words or couldn't find them fast enough. Yeah. And, And it really doesn't mean that I wasn't feeling or thinking. I just couldn't communicate it and as a consequence like I I got self-conscious about that because like you know there's always those kids that can just yammer on and yes. on and talk about something and they keep going yeah, yeah, yeah and they yeah, just yeah. keep going like they've they got the something. space right? yeah 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 and I don't know I felt I felt a little bit different for that and and Well, I'll pop in Uh for a second while you think words, Mm -hmm. because I mean, that was something that I noticed. And for me, because you were um, my third child, Mm -hmm. right? So the first two were more verbal, like, Mm -hmm. and, and a different way that they would process things. Mm -hmm. Um, They would process things by talking them out with me. Whereas with you, what I learned is you would process things internally. You would figure things out for yourself. By the time you came to me and said, I want to try karate, I just looked for a dojo. <laughs> I didn't ask you questions. Mm-hmm. I didn't like, do you really want to? What are you? you know, I didn't have a conversation about it mm-hmm. because by this point, I had figured out that you processed that way. Mm-hmm. And that once you asked me for something or to do something, you had a reason. This was the end result, not not the beginning mm-hmm, of it, mm-hmm. right? So I would just hop to it. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. think from my experience, like that, that honestly meant a lot to me because having to, as someone that you know found finding herds 
words very difficult, like having to explain myself after I say what I wanted felt like an entirely extra hurdle that was there that I had to get through. And yeah. Yeah. So talking to your child, it's, it's like you, if they seem as if they are struggling to speak out about certain things to express themselves, that's the main thing. If they are struggling to express themselves, give them their own level of significance because, you know, if you treat the words they say with the exact same significance as another kid that, like you said, likes to process things verbally, then that's, it's, it's entirely different. And if you didn't take that and, and run with it, then I almost could guarantee you, I would have just felt unheard. Yeah. Yeah. And also, also what, um, for me, what was important was also just seeing the things you chose to do. Mm. Right. Just because you weren't communicating with words, you were communicating in so many mm-hmm. other ways by the things you chose to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would take those as pieces of information and go with it rather than needing the actual word. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's funny. That makes me, that makes me think back uh, immediately to just a couple months ago. Uh-huh. Uh, when I was out uh, in New York. I was visiting see my sister um, and uh, we were in we were in an Uber with a couple of her friends and we were just like chit-chatting, kind of talking like, hey, this is what I do, this is what, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. And I mentioned that I was like, I was a stuntman and that I did like a whole bunch of physical performance stuff. And she was, she immediately went, oh, so that means you, you speak with your body. I was right? like, oh my God, that's that is totally hilarious, but that's so true. Completely. That's so true. <laughs> that's why I love those means yeah. of, of physical expression, like, like, like like tricking parkour or break dancing. Mm-hmm. Like I think parkour is an absolutely beautiful thing because like it communicates physically, you know, people's expression of, of, of adventure or like exploration yeah. because it's just like, you know, here's, here's your playground. It goes back to being on the playground yeah. and playing as yeah. little kids. It's like, this is your playground, you know, make your own little narrative in your head and just go at it. Yeah. Just like make your own little movie moment in your head. You can climb whatever you can go sit at the top and watch the sunset, like whatever, just like, just have fun and express yourself. Uh, Yes. (laughs) And when, when I look back, like at even that pictures, when you were a little, little kid, like one, two, Mm -hmm. you were always very physical. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then I, I, I remember, and I think I, I might have shared this story, like just in your physicality and understanding that piece of you, um, that movement was important to you, like that it was in your blood, I think is how <laughs> I would say it. Cause I remember I, I won't use names, but, um, cause I was taking you and a couple of friends down to the parkour gym to the monkey oh, vault. Yeah. Yeah. And you were wait, we were waiting at one of their houses mm-hmm. and, and you and the one friend were on the porch waiting mm-hmm. and, you know, he was sitting there and you were bouncing up and down the stairs like oh, the yes. whole time waiting. <laughs> it's like, it is just in your blood to express through <laughs> your body. So it's like when you're talking about threads that weave, like that is part of who you are mm-hmm. and giving that the space and not expecting um, you or, you know, in more generally, more physical kids, expecting them to use words to explain themselves, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, really I want to chime in there really quickly because I think, like, I dove 
into martial arts and the physical expression first before like everything that was mm-hmm. like one of my first core interests yeah um and i think that because as you said it was in my blood and that was that's like the first way to communicate that's the first yeah. way to let out the words that's yeah. the first way to let out the meaning and after like after so many years of doing that and like you know martial arts expanded into all these different things you know writing poetry philosophy you know once I almost kind of mastered that art of communicating physically then it was like oh man maybe I can learn other things exactly so it's like hey then I started diving right into reading so many books and reading poetry because I learned hey I can express myself now why don't I try to express myself in a way that I never could before? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you started exploring it that way. Mm-hmm. And now you do do a lot of, like, you, you really enjoy reading, bringing that stuff, bringing in that kind of expression, you know, versus watching as well. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you still enjoy that, obviously. But, yeah, and then, and then into writing. But that's the whole thing. That's the other piece of unschooling that's so important is that it's the child's timetable, mm-hmm. the person's. I, like, I'm like, I, I don't even do the child distinction much mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> but it's the person's timeline, right, that's important and valuable and meaningful to the person, mm-hmm. not somebody else's imposed timeline. Like, no, for absolutely. me, there's no behind or ahead. Because also with unschooling, it's lifelong learning. Like, it's a... There's nothing wrong. Like, I'm still learning new things. There's nothing wrong with learning new things at any age. So once you get rid of the curriculum and the, like, child school age kind of thing, mm-hmm. like, those are the years you're supposed to be learning. Yeah. Then, then that's all gone. And it really, truly doesn't matter when you pick up things. It's, it's either when you need it. It's when you're, as, you're as a person already. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was doing. <laughs> stumbling with the words <laughs> uh, no absolutely like I would I would not be happy if I didn't keep learning things every day like if I was 90 and I wasn't learning something that day I'd be like oh man this is kind of a waste of day <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean that's I for me that's that's the fun piece right mm-hmm. the just being curious there's just always so many things to be curious about isn't there absolutely absolutely that's that's the philosophy it's just the cool thing about philosophy sorry i'm going a little different it's because there's so much thought into coming up with questions it's like not even just putting all the effort into coming up with an answer because like we all know like even hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy it's like hey give me the ultimate question i'll give you the ultimate answer but you can't come up with it so you're stuck it's like yeah it's the question is just as, if not more important than the answer. Yeah. And I think you're asking a lot of good questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> well, sir, thank you so much. It was for fun. Me. It was so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> Before we go, um, how can people connect with you online? Uh, yeah. So I have an Instagram called Mike. Yes. Mike Flops, not Mikey Flops. <laughs> it's Mike Flops. <laughs> Mike Flops, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. If anyone wants to talk, like, absolutely hit me up or, of course, hit you up, and I'm sure you'll I'll connect people. you. Yeah, I'll connect course. you. Yeah, no problem. And, yeah, I will put uh, the links to his Instagram online. 
Thanks very much. So good. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye. Have a good day, guys. (laughs) I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes. The conversations never go out of date. And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.